Welcome to the Building Healthy Organizations podcast. We understand how the human brain works and how that impacts behavior in the workplace. I'm glad you joined us today for our continued journey to understand how to build a healthy organization. For the next six weeks, I hope you'll join me on a journey of discovery. So what are we exploring? There are six trends in high-performing teams in today's reality. So think about the last several years, going through the pandemic, still kind of on the back end of it, even though we don't know exactly what's coming in the future, which is normal, and there's still uncertainty, but there are six identifiable trends in high-performing teams today that we can focus on, and that's what I want to spend the next six episodes on. So what are those six trends? One, high-performing teams rally and rebuild. In many ways, they reinvent themselves. Number two, joyful teams are 10 times more likely to be high achieving and satisfied. Now, we'll define joyful in more detail, but think of a true, genuine, deep satisfaction. Joy that comes out of the team being successful. Joy that comes out of collaborating and getting wins for the team and for the organization. And we'll talk more about that in another episode. Number three, trust is a critical success factor in high-performing teams. Number four, teams that reflect and celebrate wins are 25 times more likely to sustain success long-term. I'm going to read that again because I'm still amazed by that. Teams that reflect and celebrate wins are 25 times more likely to sustain long-term success. What does reflect mean? Well, when you've done something, reflect on it. How did it work? Did it succeed? Did it fail? What can we learn from that? What can we do better next time? If we could go back and change something, what would that be? That's what reflection is. Number five trend, leading hybrid and virtual teams effectively increases team performance. And there are very specific ways to do that and very specific challenges to doing that well. Number six, equipping teams to navigate the increased emotional complexity of today's workplace is critical to success. That's a really important trend, and it's one we'll spend some time on. So where does all of this come from? There's new research out by Six Seconds, the world's largest emotional intelligence organization. What they do, they've got 15 years of data related to what they call team vital signs assessments. So teams get assessed on a regular basis. These are highly validated assessments. This research 
is called the Team Vitality Report 2022. And it actually, I've seen it for several years. Uh, This year is really interesting. It provides real eye-opening data on teams around the world. And these teams are in many different types of industries. They're different sized organizations. And of course, as I said, they're all around the world. You know what the fascinating thing is about this? No matter the differences, high-performing teams around the world had common elements that fed their success. And we're going to look into that. Here is a direct quote from the study. Teams that feel genuine joy, trust each other, and celebrate each other's successes do best. These elements are not nice to have. They are highly predictive of team performance across countries, industries, and company sizes. Since 2019, These three elements have become even more important, suggesting that they are especially critical in times of stress and uncertainty. And again, that's directly quoted out of the Six Seconds Team Vitality Report 2022. That's a lot to take in, but there is a clear mandate here. If you want high-performing teams, then we can't try the old models of managing teams in the new reality. They're just not going to be anywhere near as effective. That means a lot of things, and that's what we're going to get into and explore. While the world and the workplace are rapidly changing, Teams can and they do adapt and even thrive in this new reality. How do they do that? By following a success pathway that I will show you. What is a success pathway? It is a series of steps you take down a path that leads to success. And we'll talk about that in more detail as we go through the next six weeks. As we unpack all of this, and there's a lot of data here, a lot of good information, I'll be pulling other data from other research studies that have recently been released, but I don't want to get stuck on the data. I want to make sure that we bring real practical ideas, suggestions, thoughts, recommendations, solutions to this whole concept of how do we get higher performing teams. It really starts with assessing. And that's, of course, one of our primary steps in our process. Assess, equip, align, and then succeed. How do we assess a team, though? High performing teams know their strengths. How is it possible? Through validated assessments that provide actionable data. And I want to say this again. I know I repeat myself at times, 
but there's a reason for it. I use a lot of terminology all the time that I'm very familiar with, but I don't know that you are. So let me say that again. How do we assess how high-performing a team is other than what we can see out of that team in the workplace as far as performance goes? How do we know what's underneath the performance? That is difficult to do if you don't have a truly validated and well-designed assessment tool. So validated assessments that provide actionable data is what you're looking for. In my blog article on this same topic, there's a graphic, and I can't really hold that up and show that to you here on this episode, but I'm going to walk you through it. And I'm going to talk about some of the things that are in this validated assessment. What is it called? It's called the Team Vital Signs Survey or Assessment. Out of six seconds, incredible assessment. In the, oh goodness, 30 plus years that I've dealt with different psychometric assessments, This is by far one of the best assessments I have ever used for gathering actionable data on teams. Data that you can actually make KPIs out of, that you can create a developmental pathway for the team itself, that you can show the team where they're at and what's going on. What are their strengths? What are their gaps? So let me walk you through just the dashboard of this assessment. So the first thing that's on this dashboard is a set of what are called drivers. What are drivers? They're, they're what they sound like. They're key success factors. Trust, motivation, teamwork, execution, and change. And when you start to think about those as drivers of success in a team, they make a whole lot of sense. Now, the second measure is a measure of engagement. How many team members are truly engaged? How many are neutral? How many are disengaged? Why is engagement important? We know from research that engaged employees will give you two to four times the productivity of a neutral or disengaged employee. Even if they only gave you one and a half times the productivity, that would still be a really good outcome. And that's important right now when so many organizations are struggling to find enough people to fill open positions. And when we're asking people to do more than just their regular job, take on more responsibility, take on more tasks. This engagement is is a critical success factor right now. What's the next measure on this dashboard? Well, it's the outcomes. What comes out of the drivers and, and the engagement of the team? And that is sustainability, satisfaction, results, and agility. And those, as you can see, would be pretty important 
for a team's effectiveness. And we're focusing on high-performing teams in this next six weeks. So, and specifically today, what makes a high-performing team? What's the first step in that process? What's the first trend that we're seeing? So there are other measures in here that in the dashboard that I'm not going to go through. I think those are the three to really focus on for now. Uh, And again, I'm going to say this. It's the Team Vital Signs Assessment from Six Seconds. It's highly validated. I've been using it with my clients for many years. And here's the reason why. It's so funny. Uh, Let me tell you a quick story. I think this will explain it. I was sitting with a new potential client. This has been two or three years ago. And they have some team dysfunction. They have several teams in the organization, and they have a lot of dysfunction. And we were talking about culture change and how do we get our teams to be more functional and perform at higher levels. So I brought a sample Team Vital Signs report with me. And I started to show the owner of the organization this report. And page after page, I was just walking through the different things that this report measures and what they mean. What practical and actionable data is there in that report to help that organization and their teams? I hadn't gotten two pages in to showing him that report when he snatched it out of my hand and started thumbing through it on his own. I kind of figured at that point I had the sale because he was very intrigued. But it makes sense, doesn't it? Business owners, senior leaders, they are focused on numbers. They're focused on measures, as they should be. Not just those things, people too, and they're focused on people as well. But if you can identify measures that will help you to lead your people better, to empower your people more, to get better engagement levels, to equip people and teams in areas that they are lacking, that is gold to senior leaders in business because those are very difficult measures to find. I share that story with you because, number one, it was, it was a great story. It was a great experience. And I just sat back and let him ask me questions about what does this mean and what does that mean and why is this here? And, and that was a wonderful experience. And we have developed an incredible relationship over the last several years. And we've done amazing work together and really turned that organization not just around, but to help them to thrive, to bring in the right people to grow that organization, the right leaders to lead that organization, because we know that organization and their teams through this wonderful assessment data. What's the next step? So we've assessed, we know where the strengths are, we know where the gaps are, we know what we can do, we have actionable data. The next step is equip which is the next step in our proprietary process. Leaders, and this is, this is key, leaders must be equipped to lead in new ways with new skills. 
hybrid and virtual teams require an enhanced level of leadership. High-performing teams require high-performing leaders. Those teams don't become high-performing teams for no reason. It's not chance. It's not coincidence. It is a designed approach to enhancing leadership skills and enhancing team skills so that teams can perform at their highest level. Let me read you another quote from that Six Seconds Vitality Report, Team Vitality Report. As leaders face unprecedented emotional complexity in the new landscape of remote and hybrid work, building and maintaining trust should remain a top priority. We talk about trust a lot. and I think that's so common. It's so common that it becomes less of a focus, which is exactly the wrong thing to do. Trust is the currency of collaboration and getting things done. The more trust we have, the higher performing we can be. That makes sense if you think about it, right? The more I trust the other people in my team, the more open with them I will be, the more I will connect with them, the more I will feel comfortable collaborating and working with them, the more I will trust them to do what they're supposed to do. High-performing teams require leaders who equip themselves with emotional intelligence competencies, an understanding of team dynamics, and they practice connection and trust building at high levels. This is what's required now in today's reality of leaders that are going to lead high-performing teams. I still have people tell me, oh, that emotional intelligence stuff, it isn't all that valuable, it's just soft skills. Honestly, I kind of tune those folks out anymore. I'm sorry. That's not very emotionally intelligent. But honestly, I do because those are not people that are going to engage and equip themselves and their people. And they're going to suffer for that. They may think they don't need that. But more than anything today, high-performing teams revolve around emotional drivers, joy, trust, celebration, excitement, so many different things. If we can enhance connection, enhance trust building through being more emotionally intelligent, which basically is being smarter with emotions, if we can do that, we can develop higher performing leaders and teams. So the next step is align. What is this align all about? In this report, high performing teams are joyful, trusting, and they celebrate their successes and the successes of others. Alignment is getting all heads in the game. It's a lot more than just communication. Getting all heads in the game 
doesn't mean, oh, I as a leader just send out an email and everybody aligns and then we're all good. That's not the way it works. Alignment takes effort and it takes engagement. It takes everyone being a part of what's going on. A genuinely connected team is critical to making things happen the way they should. And that comes from leadership. It starts at leadership. Connection and trust building. But there's more to it than that. Helping every team member understand the expectations, how their efforts will impact other people, how performance will be measured, what resources and equipping are available to them, and the consequences of their performance, rewards or reprimands. That's how you set in place practices of accountability. Those are critical if you want to be a high-performing team. Otherwise, everybody's rowing in a different direction. They're going their own way. There's no alignment. There's no real accountability because no accountability has been set. No standard has been put in place. Why is alignment so important in this process to high-performing teams? Alignment promotes connection, collaboration, trust building, a feeling of belonging, greater satisfaction, and more joy, more deep, true joy in the successes of each other, working together, just enjoying each other. So what do we do with this? What are the practical steps we can take to move our teams to be high-performing teams. I talked earlier about a success pathway. I'd like to give you a suggested success pathway right now, uh, which is really the critical success factors, the next steps you can take to move your team to a high-performing team. Number one, leaders must equip themselves with new skills like emotional intelligence to be able to navigate the increased emotional complexity in hybrid and virtual teams. There's no other way around that. There is no software program. There is no computer. There is no office piece of equipment that is going to do that. There's one skill set that leaders have available to them that will allow them to engage every one of their team members and get those high-performing teams. And that skill set is emotional intelligence. Number two, create a psychologically safe work environment that accelerates connection and trust building. And a suggestion here, one of the great practices to do that is to practice curiosity, not judgment. If we can practice curiosity throughout the team 
and as a leader, and not judgment, that goes a long way to creating a psychologically safe work environment. That is so critical. What will take away from that? Well, lack of transparency. So many different things, so many practices could take away from a psychologically safe work environment. But I think we all know some of the key things is make sure that we treat each other with respect, ensure that everyone has an equal opportunity to share thoughts, ideas, concerns, differences of opinion in a curious way, in a helpful way, not in a judgmental way. What's the next step? Connection and trust building have to be shared values and practices throughout the team if the team wants to be a top-performing team. Everyone needs to practice connection and trust building. Number four, step number four. Develop practices of celebration and reflection. And I get a lot of people that tell me that celebration thing is kind of stupid. Why why would we do that? That's awkward. We don't like that. Okay, then you lose the rocket fuel that celebration brings to teams to help them explode out of the gravity of, of the day-to-day grind. Celebration is what takes you to those higher levels. It gets you to those higher orbits, higher performance. Celebrate the wins. Celebrate wins of other people. Celebrate success in ourselves, in our own team, even in other teams. Emotions are contagious, highly contagious, to be honest about it. So the more that we practice those emotions that provide joy, that provide an enhanced level of trust, an enhanced level of connection, collaboration, which is when we practice celebration, there is no substitute for enjoying those times when things come out the way we want them to, or even better for that matter. The last one I want to talk about is joy. Joy is a critical success factor. The level of joy a team feels is directly related to their level of achievement. And we saw that in what we saw earlier in this report. And I will go much deeper into that when we talk about joy in an episode all to itself. I hope you'll continue with me on this journey as we explore these six trends in high-performing teams in today's reality. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Building Healthy Organizations by EQFIT. We do understand how the human brain works and how that impacts behavior and performance in the workplace. We also love hearing your suggestions and ideas. If you have a topic you'd like us to cover, please send us an email at info at gscfit.com. 
for more information and inspiration. Check us out on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, and of course our website, eqfit.org.